Hey guys, I am super excited because this month my book, Soul Care, Nurturing Your Spiritual Wellness is the featured resource at Time of Grace. If you want your copy, you just have to go to timeofgrace.org, give to our $155,000 challenge grant. Hello, your money goes twice as far this month and you get a copy of my new book, Win Win. But we're gonna make it win, win, win. Because if audiobooks are more your style, I've got you covered. I am so excited to release a new chapter recorded by me every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the rest of May. So if physical reading, getting your own physical copy and working your way through the book is more your style, which it would be for me because I'm a journaler and I like to underline and highlight and make notes and pray, um, get your copy. And if not, if you like to listen on the way to get groceries or when you're jogging or exercising or folding laundry, I got you covered. Just tune in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. Just know that this book is super, super close to my heart. It's all about making your spiritual well-being a priority and working on your relationship with God. So my prayer is that God would bless this in miraculous and abundant ways. So excited. Tune in or get your copy. Either way, God bless you as you work through this and let these words touch your soul. It is May. That might not be a big surprise to you. And maybe you're not as excited as I am, but drum roll, please. Soul care comes out. So if you don't know, if you haven't heard, if this is the first time you're hearing, I have a new book out and it's called Soul Care, Nurturing Your Spiritual Wellness. And I'm a little bit excited about it. So today, I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview. We're not going to get too deep. I will be talking about it in the next few weeks. So I'm going to give you a little bit of overview. What's this about? Why should I care? Um, and if you don't, that's okay. We have other topics other months. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A, child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. So to begin with, this book is really about looking at the idea of self-care versus soul care. So the world is always pointing us towards ourselves. So self-care lists are everywhere. Go get a massage, buy a candle, retail therapy, watch a good movie, zone out, get rest, whatever. And some of those things are really good and important. I, I am all about you know, nutrition now and taking care of my body. I've been learning to get more rest. I was not that way before. I've lived for too many years, not really caring about rest, but I'm getting to be, to the age and also because I'm driving that I can't, um, I can't function as well as I should without rest. So I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that self-care is bad. I am saying in this book, let's look at the whole concept of self-care through a biblical lens and let's see what's good 
what's maybe not so good, and what we can take from the self-care world and incorporate into the care of our souls. So one of the things I noticed with the whole self-care thing is it's all us doing things. We have to, you know, do these lists and check off the list and and um, try, be disappointed, repeat it, try something else, we fail. Or the other thing is that all of these things on this list that we're told to do, so often we do them, like you go and get a massage and maybe it feels great, but then it's over. And sometimes you even walk in after getting a massage and you walk into a house that's full of chaos or you have to go back to work and it's like, um, yeah, that massage felt great for the half hour or the hour that it was, but now here I am and what do I have now? And so in the middle of all of the chaos and the craziness and the disappointment that we experience just with life in this world, Jesus offers us a simple but profound invitation that we so often take for granted. He says this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, and I'm sure you know this by heart, but he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here we go. We're going to break this passage down because like I said, I think it's so familiar that very often we just skim right over it and don't think about it very much. So first of all, Jesus' invitation was to the weary and the burdened. So what does the word weary mean? It is feeling or showing tiredness, especially as a result of exertion or lack of sleep. Okay, raise your hand if you understand this feeling right here. If you're like Amber, I don't need a definition. I am weary. I get it. So often as we go throughout our weeks, weary is the correct adjective for what we are going through. I think we get weary from trying to do it all though too. And that's where I went back to that self-care world is all about what do I have to do? And just getting a list to check off is wearisome. So Jesus said, come to me, you who are wearied. What does the word burden mean? It means load heavy. So like having a heavy load or something carried. And when I saw that something carried in the definition, something in me just sank. What are you carrying today? Are you carrying worry? Are you really worried about someone in your life? Are you carrying brokenness? Are you carrying shame? None of these things are things that we were meant to carry. I, for the longest time, carried shame. I had some things that I had done years ago that um, the devil was very good at reminding me. And it could really affect me, you know, send me off into la-la land. And I was actually exercising. I was on a treadmill one day when it occurred to me that when I was in this mentality of shame, what I was really saying is, Jesus, your sacrifice didn't cover this one. 
So it covered what everybody else did, but not this. And as soon as I realized that, it was like that was no longer something hanging over me. It kind of happened the same with worry. So if you've listened to my podcast, I've been doing it for three years now. So if you used to listen to it, you know that my introduction used to say, wife, mother, worrier, type A. I was wearing worrier like it was a badge of honor. And then I studied worry. And what Jesus says is, do not worry. And he goes on to say how he takes care of things. Your father in heaven Close the field of the grass, which is here tomorrow and gone tomorrow and here today, gone tomorrow. Sorry. Um, and he takes care of the birds and he knows the number of hairs on your head. So why exactly are you worrying and how are you thinking that that's making any difference? And then he says in Matthew six thirty four, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And the message version says this, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Pastor Mike Mike says that anxiety is living in the what if world. Like what if, but what if, but what if, but what if, but what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? If it doesn't, then you've wasted all this time on something that doesn't even come to pass. And once I realized that, I'm like, I don't have to carry worry when things come up that are distressing. I'm not saying there aren't issues. Just got off the phone a couple hours ago. A good friend has been diagnosed with a bad form of cancer. I'm not saying there aren't things that don't come up. But worry doesn't help it. We can pray. We can pursue solutions. But like Jesus said, each day has enough to worry about. Worrying about tomorrow's problems today just robs you of everything today. So the point being, what are you carrying? Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary, tired, overwhelmed, and burdened carrying something that is a heavy load on you? What are you carrying? He says, come to me while you're carrying those things. He doesn't say, hey, look, put those things down. And as soon as you're, you know, at a good mental place, then then come on over to me. He's like, no, you're weary. You're burdened. Come here. I'm going to give you rest. I have something to offer you. Jesus gives us both the peace and the rest that we need. Okay, so how do we get this rest, this amazing rest in what Jesus is offering? How do we get it? Well, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. So the whole yoke business, we're not really all that familiar with oxen. So a pair of oxen, they have a yoke that goes around their neck and uh, it keeps them together. So you don't have one going off this way and one going off this way or one 10 steps ahead and one five steps behind. The yoke keeps you in step. So Jesus is saying, yoke yourself to me. Walk with me. Which is 
incredible if you take just a second to think about who Jesus is and what he's offering you. So most important people in the world, I don't have access to. I can't just go knock on somebody's door. I can't call them up. I can't text them at all hours of the day. Even if I had their phone number and I text them, that doesn't mean they're going to answer me. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, walk with me, (laughs) learn from me. What are we going to learn when we walk with Jesus? When we keep in step with him because we are yoked to him, what are we going to learn? We're going to learn his ways. We're going to learn what he thinks about him. He's giving us access to the mind of God. And he's saying, I'm offering this to you. How do we get that? In his word. As we study the word, we are are just entering in this realm where God is showing us things. He's showing us the mistakes of the past that our forefathers have made, but he's also showing us how he was there working things out despite their sins, despite their weaknesses, despite the fact that they were outnumbered or that they were so much weaker than the other person. Time and time and time again in the Bible, God is saying, and here I was providing for my people and keeping them on the right path. And here's a better way. Look at how they did things this way. And this would be the better way. And and look at how things could have been different. So he's showing us our ways. So when we walk with Jesus. He's offering us a chance to learn from him. Now, why Jesus? Why do we want to yoke ourselves to Jesus? He gives us two reasons. He says that he's gentle. And gentle means strength restrained. It's showing mild and tender character. And as I read that definition, I thought, just look at the world. Look at all the noise in the world. Look at all the voices out there. How many of them could be described as mild and tender, welcoming, okay with you, whatever you come with, whatever you come burdened with, whatever you're weary from. Jesus is like, come to me. I'm mild. I'm tender. I'm not a voice of criticism. I'm not going to condemn you. Remember that woman that was caught in adultery that the Jewish leaders brought to Jesus? And they said, what should we do with her? They didn't bring the man. They just brought the woman. And she thought, this is condemnation. And Jesus said, I'm not going to condemn you. Just go and leave your life of sin. I have to think that woman left changed. When we walk with Jesus, we're going to be changed too. So he's gentle. He's also humble. Humble is showing a low estimate of one's own importance to lower yourself. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I don't know how many of us, if any of us would have done what Jesus did. I mean, think of what he left in heaven. So he was glorified, praised. He had total control. And he became a baby taken care of by humans who were sinful and 
he submitted himself to hunger and pain and abuse. And then he made the ultimate sacrifice, dying on the cross in this gruesome, horrific death that none of us would want. And yet that's what he did. So yeah, he's humble and he's gentle. Why Jesus? I can't imagine coming to anybody else with all that we carry. (laughs) He's not going to turn us away. He's not going to say you're too much. He's not going to say, well, this is bigger than I expected. I can't deal with you or you're, you're, you know, you're beyond saving. He's saying, I've been waiting for you. Come on over. So he gives us the invitation to walk with him, to learn from him, to learn his ways. And we do that when we get into the word. We do that when we, you know, listen to the people who are teaching the word. I have learned so much. I have gleaned so much from listening to other pastors and their sermons. I love listening to Pastor Mike. Listen to the, you know, um, Grace Talks, Daily Devotions. Listen to other people's podcasts. I have a couple of favorite pastors that are, you know, nationwide that I like to listen to that I've learned a lot from them or sometimes from interviews and from other people's faith walks. And uh, all those things are learning about Jesus and learning things that I might not catch myself. And as always, when I teach, I've mentioned this so many times, I teach, I've been teaching for years and I never teach without reading commentaries, you know, to see what pastors who are much smarter than me have to say about what's going on and um, to make sure that I catch all that's within this part of the Bible. And so that's how we learn. That's how we walk with Jesus. That's how we follow his invitation and take him up on it. So like I said, so much of what the world offers us is momentary, but Jesus isn't saying, walk with me for an afternoon. Let's take a walk. Because again, that's something we can do for self-care. And by the way, that's one of my favorite things to do for self-care. I love to walk with friends. Um, I love to walk with friends and catch up because we get exercise, we're outside, plus we catch up. And I love to walk by myself and pray and But Jesus isn't saying like, like, hey, let's take a walk. Are you open this afternoon? I can give you an hour. He's saying, let's walk together forever, which is even better because it's not momentary. It's not fleeting. And he offers us something, peace, comfort, joy, the things that we are looking for. And he's offering them to us for eternity. Now, I want to read you just a couple excerpts from Soul Care. So in terms of God's way and learning from Jesus, God's way offers us rest. If you've ever been caught doing something you weren't supposed to do, you understand the energy that guilt consumes. There's a fine to pay or a mess to fix or relationships to rebuild Going our own way isn't as restful as we sometimes think, but going the speed limit is and walking away from the gossip so you don't get in the middle of nonsense and drama is, 
and living with integrity so you don't have neighbors knocking on your door asking you to explain yourself as to. God's way really is more restful. We sometimes think we fall into the trap of thinking that, you know, God's way is is uh, confining. You know, to follow the rules isn't fun and we're going to be missing out. But really, it's a more peaceful way to live when we do things God's way. Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 30, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Again, this whole soul, soul care concept is really about how open God is to inviting us to do life with him. I don't know why we put it on the back burner as often as we do, but he clearly invites us to do life with him. And the funny thing is that so often when he asks us to come and do life with him, we make excuses and we fill our lives with so many other things. But I want you to think about this. Jesus says, this is a paragraph in the book, he stands and he knocks. If we open the door, he will come in and eat with us. I doubt if Jesus and I were eating a meal that he'd be concerned with who won the last election. I know he wouldn't fret over the economy or the direction healthcare is headed. I think he'd tell me to be in the world, but not of the world, that my heavenly father sees me and knows my name. I think he'd tell me my prayers are heard and my father will do infinitely more than I could ask or imagine. And I think I'd ask about heaven and he'd tell me that I can't begin to comprehend. He'd tell me to keep going and stay focused, not on myself or on earthly endeavors, but on kingdom work and reaching souls. God will bring me home when the time is right. You ever thought about that? Jesus says, I stand and knock, and if you open the door, I'll come in and eat with you. All that he's willing to give us. He's willing to give us direction. His word is full of direction. When you sit and meditate on it, instead of just reading it quickly, he gives us promises. He gives us encouragement. Do not become weary in doing good. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've needed to hear that. Um, it's the encouragement he offers, the guidance, the admonishment at times. You know, as I'm doing the Bible studies, as I'm reading things and writing them down in my prayer journal and really thinking about them, so often it brings me to repentance. Like, Wow. I missed the boat on this one. I want to do life a little bit differently. And when we do do life a little differently, when we do it God's way, it is amazing how much better our relationships go. It is amazing when we quit fretting and nagging and worrying and just enjoy being around people and have the peace and the calm of walking with the Lord and knowing he's in control. Um, the people around us tend to mirror our energy. And when I'm not distraught and worrying and fretting, 
But I'm just like, you know what, guys? God is going to work this out. And we are going to pray and we are going to believe and we are going to watch and we are going to wait. And then we are going to see God do this and we are going to thank him. That is such a different person to be around than the person who is constantly fretting. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And I don't know how this is going to work out. And I don't know. It's like the disciples on the boat. And I'm not saying I, <laughs> I wouldn't be the same because they were feeling like they were about to drown. I'm just saying. Living, walking with God is a totally different way of life. It's a more peaceful, calm way of life. It's trusting he's got this life figured out and he will bring you home in his time, his way, whenever that is. And um, he's already got that worked out too. It's a peaceful way of life. So that's just a little bit on what this whole soul care concept is about. Um, and come back next week because we'll talk about more of what this book is about and we'll we'll get into it a little bit more in the coming weeks um so for the time being this has been little things because in god's kingdom the little things are the big things <laughs>